Yo, hey guys, before we even start Cheap Heat today, I want to give a big shout out to my guy, Ariel Helwani, and his MMA show. If you haven't listened to it, it's an incredible podcast. Uh, so wherever you're listening to podcasts, you know, listen, MMA is one of the only sports that's really unaffected and, and there's some great events going on. If you want to get caught up on all of it, subscribe to Ariel's MMA show. And also before we start today, big shout out to Bambi. All right. One time, if you have a small business, you're trying to deal with HR. Don't let HR issues ruin your business, okay? Wrongful termination suits, uh, minimum wage requirements, labor regulations, all these things are very important. And HR manager salaries are not cheap. In fact, they average $70,000 a year. So if you have a small business, you want to go to Bambi, B-A-M-B-E-E, which created specifically for small businesses, okay? You get a dedicated HR manager. You get your HR policy handled. And guess what? It's all $99 a month. So with Bambi, you can change your HR from your biggest liability to your biggest strength. That's not why you got into business was to worry about onboarding and terminations and all this tough stuff. Have Bambi help you for just $99 a month. Month to month, no hidden fees, cancel any time. All right, so what are you waiting for? Head over to Bambi.com slash cheap. Oh, you get to support cheap heat too. Bambi.com, that's B-A-M-B-E-E dot com slash cheap. Check out Bambi for your HR needs today. Yes, sir, we promised you a great main event here tonight. Pop a 40 and check your rollies. It's crime time. Brooklyn, Brooklyn. We're bringing it, bringing it. We're bringing the hood to you. We're bringing it, bringing it. What you gonna do? We're bringing it, bringing it. We're bringing the hood to you. We're bringing it, bringing it. Yeah, that's how Hey, yo, no more Hollywood. Nah. This is Hollywood. Yeah. And it's crime time. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard. Uh, it's going to be a tough episode of Cheap Heat. We're going to try to, we'll try to find a way to have some fun. Um... But obviously, this is not a good week uh, with the the news of the passing of Shad Gaspard. Um, so I'm going to call up. We're going to get SGG on the line here and get started. Try to talk to a guest or two as well. And uh, do the best we can for what has been a very... Uh, Strange and sad week in professional wrestling, and not only with the news of Shad Gaspard, but then on top of that, one of the main themes of the week was the Owen Hart um, documentary, or if you want to call it that, the the Dark Side of the Ring, as the anniversary for that Over the Edge pay-per-view in Kansas City uh, approaches. SGG, you hanging in there? Yeah, yeah, I am. Um. Yeah, so I, as you just heard me saying, I started off playing the crime time theme and, um, you know, just uh, let, let me briefly, I'm going to tell the most brief version of the story. If you haven't heard it already, Shad Gaspard drowned this week in Venice Beach. He was swimming with his son. His last act was telling the lifeguards who came into the water to go save his son. And as his son was being rescued, he uh, submerged and uh, was found a few days later. Um, it's it's just about you know every we'll talk wrestling and uh, and about him as a person, but simply as a story. If 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 we were to read this story about an absolute stranger, it's just as bad and sad a story as you could possibly ever hear. It's one of those things that. If you saw it on the news or you read the headline, you you just go, oh my God, did you see 
this this horrible event. So it kind of starts like that, and then you start getting into the the person that Shad was um, by all accounts. And yeah, SGG it just makes it like makes it even worse. I, I didn't even know. I didn't even know Shad, which I'll get into in a little bit because I find it to be so strange that I didn't. But I did. I certainly also did not know like how great of a guy he was um, until his passing, and I was almost taken aback by it. I don't know what your feelings were. Yeah, I mean, pretty much the same. I didn't know him at all. Um, but when you think about the circles, it's like everybody knew him, everybody loved him, everybody that got to know him really loved him, and even you know him being a hero and just telling the telling the lifeguard, you know, save my son and putting his son's life before himself is is when you listen to the stories that everybody tells about Shad, it's like that was Shad. Even uh, a few years ago when he stopped that armed robbery and put himself in danger to make sure that, you know, the the store owner was alright. That's Shad. I totally forgot about that story. Um I completely forgot that that happened. It's pretty crazy that he died the same week in time that Owen did. Because it, it sounds like in some ways there are some similarities personality-wise, no? Yeah. I mean, people who are like just a joy to be around, that everybody has nothing but positive things to say about them, you know, family men who, who love their family, love their kids. And be clear, the wrestling business is one where if if people didn't want to uh, say positive things about someone after they died, they're more than willing not to. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, this is... Uh, I've I've heard... Not great things before about people who are gone. Believe me, we all have. Um, and this story just really, it rocked, it rocked the wrestling world. It really, really did. Um, we're gonna bring on David Otunga in a few minutes. Um, I don't know if you saw his post, SGG, but he had a really beautiful post about Shad and and um, David's first day at WWE. So I wanted to bring David on the show to tell you guys his story himself. And like I said, we'll SGG at some point. Let's try to um, at some point we'll try to preview um, Double or Nothing this weekend. Um, you know, so we can do something about wrestling. Um, but it really feels that, you know, it's worth talking some about his career, SGG, and um, the, the tributes that sort of poured in and uh, and things of that nature. Um, anything in particular that you, you know, that you learned this week or tributes you saw from people that maybe surprised you in terms of the, the reach, you know, that he had and how many different people uh, he affected? Well, I knew that he, you know, turned to acting and he was doing like some some bit parts on the side I just I didn't realize like how deep he was involved in it I know Goldstein mentioned um, a screenplay that he worked on for for a TV show uh, called Pinfall about the wrestling industry which I'm pretty sure is something that if it hit if it ever hits our screen we're, we're all going to be interested in um, whether this tragedy happened or not so you know just to see him like taking on a new industry and and really making headway with that, you know. Um, and I'm a gamer too, and apparently he was the he, you know, was the body. I'm trying to what's the word for it? He was the model. He was the character model. They used his body to to shape Kratos, who was like the main character in one of the like the biggest games of last year, probably one of the biggest games of all time. Um, so he was the character model for that. He did a lot of motion these wrestling video games that we all play. Um, he really seemed like, yeah, I was going to say, he really seemed like he was grinding, you know, and like he was, uh, that's, I watched Batista's uh, tribute video yesterday. Um, actually, let me see if I could pull up a second of it. Let's see if we can play a second of Batista. 
I don't know if you're on the line. And I mean, it won't let me. But. He really had the best jobs too. <laughs> like, yeah, he really. You get the, you get, your body's used for video games. You're in all these movies. Uh, he was in uh, Get Hard with Will Ferrell. He was in the recent Birds of Prey superhero movie. Um, oh yeah, Birds of Prey. That's right. That's something Batista mentions. Um, I feel like he might have been in Girls Trip too. Like a man. Let's see. Movies. Let's see if this works. I don't know if it will. I'm going to try it though. Let's see. What's up, everyone? Um, <clears throat> it's Dave Batista. Anybody who knows me knows that I am not a person to mourn publicly. It's just, it's just not. It's not my way. It's just not the way I do things. It's not the way I process things. Um, but I thought it was worth mentioning um, Shad Gaspard today. And, uh, I've been sitting here uh, all day trying to figure out why this is bothering me so much. Because Chad and I, we weren't super close, and I don't want to make pretenses like you know we were. We were super close. I've known him since 2006, and we had um, some great times on the road. And uh, we would talk here and there, and I'd see him all the time at Gold's. He was, as everybody knows, he was a <clears throat> he was a, a common face at Gold's. He spent a lot of time there. <laughs> Uh, lifting people up and telling big stories. <laughs> if you know Shad, you know what I'm talking about. And, uh, this, these are the kind of things where we just, we just didn't gel. I was, I'm a very subtle person. I like to sneak into a room and Shad's not, man. He likes to, he liked to walk into a room and then cause a ruckus. Uh, he was that dude. He was bigger than life. That's just the first, uh, bit from Batista. And he goes on, he gets quite teary eyed and, uh, emotional and with that let's um i'm gonna bring in um david otunga right now um see what david has to say hey dave you there i'm here there How are you, you doing David, man, it's it's a pleasure having you on. Uh, by the way, David, this is my co-host, uh, Stack Guy Greg. Greg, this is uh, David Otunga. What's going on, David? Or Mr. Otunga, Mr. Otunga Esquire? How do I address you? I don't know. <laughs> How do we do this? Dave's fine. <laughs> um, hey, listen, I, I just wanted to bring you on. It's it's actually it's it's uh it's 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 probably typical of how stupid we all are that the first time I've had you on the podcast in spite of our sort of friendship we've been developing over the last couple of years is for something so tragic. But, um, I, I saw your, I saw your post about your relationship with Shad and your first day at the company. And I just wanted to let you have the floor to talk about Shad. And if you wanted to t- regale us with that story, whatever you wanted to do, but I know you guys had a relationship, so I wanted to give you that opportunity. Sure. Yeah, man. Um, this this one hit me uh, really hard. Uh, even just finding out, um, I I found out in like the the most terrible way. Like um, somebody, a PR person, had contacted me to get JTG's number and just simply asked, "Do I have JTG's number?" I'm really tight with JTG, and I said, "Well, yeah." So first, I, I text JTG and just say, "Hey, you know, so and so wants your number. Is it okay, you know, to give it?" And he's like, "Sure." And making conversation, I hadn't talked to him a little bit. I just said, you know, hope things are, are well or how are things are going or something like that. And he responded, um, you know, uh, still trying to process things. And that kind of shook me up. And I'm thinking, man, did something happen I didn't I didn't know about? Mm. And right then, like, I go and check online and I'm like, holy crap, you got to be kidding me. And I, all I saw was a headline. So immediately I called Jason and, you know, just asked him what's going on and, and apologized, let him know, like, hey, I had no idea. I didn't mean to sound, you know, like cold or, or anything when I text, I didn't know what was going on. <sighs> you know, he started telling me the details and, you know, <sighs> man, I, I, I couldn't believe it. Um, just freaking terrible. Well, one of the, um, one of the things that's so weird, I was talking to MVP this week was, you know, you guys have grown accustomed to unfortunately losing people young from weird circumstances and, um, everyone in this business has done that. And, and fortunately for your generation, a little bit less so than the generation prior, but it sounds like that with Shad, you're talking about someone who did not have any of the residual negative effects of the, of the wrestling business. This is a guy, the, kind of the last guy 
you would possibly think would would pass away at this age. Yeah, no, that that's totally true. Shan was such a positive guy and just a positive light. I mean, everybody who knew him loved him. And I mean, I think that's why you're seeing this outpouring of love. Like everybody loves Shad. And, you know, getting back to my first day in the company, here I am. I get this opportunity um, to, to try out. And this was just a face-to-face meeting uh, with the head of talent relations, Johnny Ace. I get flown to SmackDown in Houston, Texas. Um, and I'm nervous. I don't know what to expect. I'm excited. But at the same time, you know, I'm nervous. It's like your, your first day. I'm hoping, you know, I'll get the opportunity to even try out. So this is before that. I walk in the door and somebody yells, yo, punk. And before I can even turn around, like scoops me up in this giant arm. And I'm like, what the heck? And you know, I look up and it's Shad. Mind you, I've never met him before. See him on TV. I've never met him before. And he's like, yo, you're my guy, man. You're my dude from, from I Love New York. Because I just you know, finished <laughs> uh, I Love New York, too. And you know, he was a fan of the show. And he's like, yo, are you trying out? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh, my gosh, this is dope. This is so dope. You're going to kill it, brother. Here, here. Let me show you around. That was when I first walked in, he took me, he literally led me everywhere, showed me what I needed to do the whole day. Took me to talent relations to check in with Carano, took me around just to meet the boys. Like it was, it was crazy. It was surreal. But the thing was, is we just clicked right off the bat. And, you know, after having worked there and seeing other people come in on the first days and whatnot, nobody does that. I've never seen somebody do that. And that, that made me appreciate it all that much more that Shad did this for me and made sure I was, you know, welcomed. And then fast forward um, a couple months, I get the, the tryout, I get signed, I'm in FCW. It's probably like my second, my second week there. I show up one morning, Shad and JTG are there. And I'm like, whoa, you know, what's going on? And I don't know what they did, but Shad told me they'd gotten in trouble for something. I don't know what it was. And their punishment was kind of being sent to FCW for a few weeks or something like that. I don't know what it was. Um, but again, this was really cool because this was just when I was starting off and he just took me under his wing there and would just talk to me and just, you know, teach me stuff about the business and different things in the ring, help me come up with, uh, with different maneuvers and stuff. Um, but one thing that stuck out, it was like a Friday night and he's like, Hey, let's go out. We're, we're going to go out and eat and, you know, have sushi at this place. So there's a bunch of us. There's probably like 15 or 20 of us. We go to this place in Tampa. Um, we order all this sushi drinks have a great time and then at the end of the night shad picks up the tab and we're like what you don't have to do that picks up the tab and he turns and he tells me he's like no this is this is my honor to do this and he's like this is what you do you guys are still trying to make it he's like you know i'm doing well i'm on the main roster i'm gonna take care of you guys so when you get to a comfortable position you do the same you go back and you take care of the guys you know beneath you and also help pull somebody up and that's just the kind of guy Shad was. Like he was always trying to help people. Um, he helped me, I mean, a lot, just, you know, professionally, personally too, just being a good friend and, you know, a uh, positive influence and, you know, an ear and always offering, you know, the truth and kind of making you remember who you are too. Yeah. One, um, one thing that stood out to me was that, you know, I didn't, I didn't know Shad at all. And, and now going back and sign kind of like, you know, sometimes you'll realize like, like even when you and I started following each other, for example, I'm like, Oh, I never followed David. And you realize that you might like, like someone or admire them or if you watch them on TV and not follow them at all, not really know what their life's about until you, you have a reason to. And unfortunately, this was why I went back and looked and I saw that. How, how socially and politically aware he was and seemed oh, really yeah. into it. To me, of course, the irony was so thick because obviously, you know, I, I'm sure everyone has mixed feelings on the crime time gimmick, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to say mm-hmm. the least. And then you dig into who Shad Gaspard was and man, he really seemed like he was about the knowledge. No, he really was. And, um, that's one of the things that, you know, it, it made their gimmick interesting because it was the antithesis of who he really was. Um, but, I mean, he, the guy was an incredible performer, uh, a worker, and, I mean, he, he gets it. And I kind of think, um, you know, to him, it was kind of satirical, the way he was playing his character. That's what I always got from it in conversations with him. Um, but, yeah, Shad was uh, definitely knowledgeable. Um, 
And, you know, he, he always had amazing stories and, you know, I didn't know if they were true all the time, but one of the things was that I would be impressed by, you know, his insight. Hmm, I never thought about that that way. And yeah, definitely an intelligent guy though. <laughs> Um, one thing I've been seeing too, like in all the tributes to Shad is that the, the fellow fathers felt like they had a, an extra bond with him just through like fatherhood and that journey. Did you guys have that as well? Or was that not something? Most definitely. Um, that was what, I mean, Shad and I were friends from the beginning and then we had sons, uh, who were really close in age and both 10 years old. And we became even more close and just bonded over that and how awesome fatherhood was. Like there's so many times like, you know, Shad would just text me or he would send me something on like Facebook messenger just out of the blue. And like, I remember one time he's like, woke up this morning, you know, I made eggs and French toast for a rare. Then we went over math and, you know, we studied French or something like that. And he's like, fatherhood is the best effing job in the world. That was a text. Nice. Just, just letting you know that. And I'd like, Man, I couldn't agree more. Absolutely. But like he, he would light up talking about his son. And, and you know, I, man, it means something to me because I'm the same way. Like I'm all about my son. And Shad's relationship with his son is, reminds me of my own. And we're, we're just very similar in how, you know, um, building these young men, building up their confidence, teaching them everything, wanting them to be better versions, you know, of us and, and even just, expanding their mind and everything they can learn. Um, it was just really cool because whenever you saw Shad, if he was at Gold's Gym, which I saw him all the time, he'd probably be, probably be by himself, but otherwise he'd have his son with him. And I, I'm the same way. So we really, really bonded over that. Yeah. And it's always a treat when, uh, when you have your son at TV and he, which oh, is, a, and he's, which is a fixture. I mean, he shows up to the, you know, a few pay-per-views a year. Um, it's always great to, to see you in that mode. I just, I'm also taken aback. Greg and I were talking about how, like, you know, listen, wrestling is a business where if people don't feel strongly about someone, you know, you won't, you won't see the over outpouring of emotion. Um, this, this is striking. I mean, you're talking about from the Rock and Batista to the Bellas to, to, to people who are, to people on the roster now. Who you might not even mm -hmm. think, you know, who just got out of NXT in the last year or two. Everyone seemed to have the same feeling about how positive a person Shad Gaspard was. He, he really was. And I'm a person who's big on energy. And when Shad walks in a room, you feel it. And it's a positive energy. It's his smile. Um, he's loud, but he makes everybody feel comfortable. That, that was, I think, probably um, the most important thing and why everybody loves him. That you can't help but like the guy. He just has this welcoming presence, which is weird because he's gigantic. You know, this is a, a huge dude who, if you didn't know him or you weren't talking to him, you know, you'd be intimidated by. Yeah. But when you start talking to him, you're like, oh, man, he's a big teddy bear, but literally just yeah. the nicest guy. And Shad knows everybody. He, he really does. And it, it's weird because not even just in wrestling, but in in Hollywood or even uh I in, in acting. I can't tell you how many auditions I've been on and I'm like, oh you're a wrestler. Do you know uh this other really big wrestler? And I'm like, Shad, yeah, that's him. That's him. I had an acting coach recently. Oh my one of my favorite students is this guy Shad. He's a wrestler. Do you know him? I'm like, I sure do. I sure do. Did you get a chance to read Pinfall? Uh, I did. He, he sent it to me. He sent me an, an early uh version of it. Yeah. And and that's the other thing, you know, that's uh, that makes this tough is like Shad was so talented. And I mean, he, his dream was to make it in Hollywood and he was doing that. You know, he, he was so happy to be um, in birds of prey. And in fact, this is a story a lot of people don't know. Um, in 2016, I was living in LA. This is when I spent a ton of time with Shad. Um, always had, you know, our, our kids together. We hung out a good bit. And my ex at the time was filming this movie, Sandy Wexler with Adam Sandler. And in it, there's a wrestling scene where they actually go to WrestleMania. Terry Cl uh, Cruz plays a wrestler and Shad was his stunt double. So Shad hits me up and he's like, yo, I got this part. Like, are you coming to set? And I was like, yeah, man, I'll drop by. So I drop by and we're at a, the forum in LA and it's awesome. You know, it's, it's all set up. It's all wrestling. Um, Shad is Terry Crews' stunt double. 
but like there's all these boys there like um rikishi's there this is by the way this is the source of my infamous rikishi story i tried to tell in commentary on smackdown that i never finished this is when that conversation happened <laughs> um and then there were some independent wrestlers guys i even know from chicago but i came there just to hang out and it was awesome and i never told anybody this but i ended up getting a part in that film a small part um and it was largely based off of shad because we were there and i was cool with adam sandler like i said my ex was doing the film and so i was really tight with adam and i would sit there and watch and so shad came over and he always introduced me to people so i kind of introduced him to adam a little bit and let him just come and chill and we were all talking and stuff so of course shad starts putting me over just putting me over any way he can and trying to put in, you know, good word with Adam. Oh man, you know, Dave's such a talented actor and he's this and he's that or whatever. And I'm just like, well, you know, smiling. And Adam walks away and he's like, bro, I'm going to get you in this movie. And I'm like, what? He's like, yo, he should totally put you in this movie. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to talk to him. I'm like, yo, Shad, yo, this is, this is cool. No, you, you don't need to do that. He's like, no, no, I got you. And then later he comes up and he's like, no, no joke, no joke. He's like, um, yo, Adam wants you to come to this trailer. I'm like, Shad, <laughs> what? Cause here's, here's the other thing. He's, Shad is the nicest guy and, and, and met so well. But sometimes I, I, you know, for me, like he would go too far. I'm like, I don't, I don't need you to do this. He's like, no, Adam wants you to come to this trailer. <sighs> I'm like, all right, all right. Exactly. Well, this exactly. Is so and it must be hilarious exactly. too. Cause you're like, so, I mean, my wife's sure enough, the star like, of the movie. We go to Adam's trailer <laughs> and, um, I'm like, well, what do we do? He's, he, like, he's like, knock on the door. I'm nervous because I, I don't want to look like I've been posing. I don't know what Shad's told him. And luckily, somebody comes and they say, oh, no, Adam and the boys are playing basketball. I'm like, what? They had a basketball court somewhere. I don't know. They were playing. He loves ball. They were playing five on five somewhere. And I was like, Whew, great. We oh, he loves ball, ball, right? Sorry, Shad. You know, oh, th- thanks, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for trying. I was like, hey, yo, I got to go back and get a little bit. I'm sorry. And I, was, I let him finish, <laughs> uh, finish up that day or whatever. Sure enough. My ex comes and tells me, hey, Adam's got a part for you in this. And I'm like, really? She's like, yeah, he just decided to write it. I don't think she even knows where, th- where that came from. That was, that was all. I've never told this before right now. That was all Shad's doing. And so and it, was, I mean, it was a small part. They had to edit, I think, most of it out anyway. But true story. But that's just how, how nice he was, how he wanted me to succeed as well. Um, yeah, freaking great memory. Yeah, man, I'm um I'm really sorry for all of you guys, for everyone who's uh dealing with this loss directly and um it's it's obviously it's just it's just horrible. It's just a horrible story, but I'm I'm grateful that we're getting to share his his energy with people because it seems to really just listen to these stories makes you feel good. Um it does make you feel good to just hear about someone who sort of oozed such uh positive vibes, man. So uh, grateful for you coming on, man, and um, good luck. Be safe, and God willing. Yeah, who, who you. knows with this? I don't know. But, um, SummerSlam, yeah, thank, maybe? thank you for having me on. Um, you know, like I, like I told you in text, anything for Shad. So, you know, I'm happy to come by and, you know, just talk about things and just uh, kind of shine a light on him because he deserves it. Thanks yep, take care, guys. Be safe. Hey, we appreciate you, Dave. Thanks, man. All right, there he is. Thank you, man. David Otunga, um, really a wonderful guy. I, I I try to tell everyone, man, like, there's some people in WWE you might not normally, like, spend a lot of time thinking about, you know, because of what their roles are. And, you know, Dave's one of those guys, you know, his wrestling career, he moved on from it. Um, I've never even actually talked to him in detail about why his in-ring career ended, but from the first time we ever worked together i mean you talk about an the an absolute gem of a person i mean david otunga salt of the earth so um it was nice to hear those stories from one amazing guy about his amazing friend but sgg i I communicated with uh, i spoke on the phone with mvp a few days ago he said he wasn't ready today um to come on and talk and obviously i understood and uh Spoke to Mark Henry over text, um, and you know there there is there is a real fraternity of black wrestlers. Um, that is a very very real thing. Um, SGG, did you see the video 
going around of MVP and Shad together when they saw Kofi win. When Kofi won. Title, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, when you think about MVP and Shad, like, that's the only thing that comes to mind is that video of them. And I remember it from, you know, WrestleMania weekend last year and, and like, coming away from that and just seeing that video floating around. I think that was at one of the Yep, I Like Wrestling events. Okay, so so it's Uh, funny you say that. So um, I remembered when I saw the video that day I was I was in the car on my way to WrestleMania. I wasn't working. Last year was not my favorite WrestleMania, uh, as you guys probably all know or could guess. I wasn't working with the company. A lot of people. Yeah, it was a lot of not a lot of people's um and so but I was going, I had to go work for the for ESPN um and, and shoot some interviews. Um and so I wasn't thrilled about it. It was not a great time in my life in general, and I wasn't. And I was there and not working, and it felt weird, for, you know, for the first time in three years. Anyways, totally beside the point. I am in the car. MVP calls me, and he's like, "Yo, um, I'm thinking about staying in town for the night." I he had done something the day before, you know, all WrestleMania type stuff, and he was like, "I'm thinking about staying for the night. Do you think?" Um, any of those parties you used to do, you know of any of those parties going on? You think anyone's trying to have an appearance from MVP? And, <laughs> nice. and I said, let me call my, let me call my peoples over at Yep, I Like Wrestling. And, uh, reached out. And, uh, of course, you know, those guys who are just tremendous and, and love the business so much, um, you know, they said that they'd love to have him. Um, and so they did. And I didn't think much of it. And, and then just this week, I remember thinking when I saw that video, how great it is. Um, and shouts to Sonny Sofrito. I believe it was Sonny who I called, you know, that they were able to work that out and that MVP just randomly decided to stay in town. Yeah. Cause that, that video, if you haven't seen it, that video of Shad and MVP sharing that joy of Kofi winning is amazing. Um, and I'm so glad that we all get to have that video and see it. Um, so shout out to Sonny Sofrito for making that happen um, and for MVP staying in town. Um, and it really is a touching video too. Like when you Oh, see, yeah, it's deep. When you see both of them? It was, by the way, it was completely just as touching, maybe not just as touching, but basically as touching uh, when Shad was alive. It was just a touching, amazing video. Yeah. And now it just has this extra layer of kind of heartbreak to it. Um, and, you know, I, I, um, I communicated with Kofi this week as well. Um, you know, everyone is just really uh suffering you know and you really look down the board and um you know people that you just wouldn't necessarily expect sgg are all sort of affected by it you know yeah um <sighs> so now let's talk about for a second the crime times career SGG. This is a you know you remember things like this well. I think this is some a case where you might may, might actually live up to your moniker as Stack Guy Greg. I think they only competed for the title one time. Yeah, they didn't have many opportunities. I, I believe it was twice. I know one. They definitely had like a long lengthy feud with uh, Kate and Murdoch. And then I believe they had a brief feud with uh, Miz and Morrison as well, when those guys were um, were tag team champions. And it was honestly for me, like as a fan, I know you talk about with Otunga, people having mixed feelings about Crime Time and and things like that. But like me, I was all in. I was all in on Crime Time. Like they were the heroes. They were they were funny. Like I love them. I, I I get where people were coming from with the, you know, playing to the stereotypes and things like that. But I, for some reason, I never 
never looked at them like that. Like I always just completely enjoyed and supported everything that they were doing. And, uh, you know, for me, selfishly, not seeing them ever get uh, uh, tag titles, you know, that, that kind of sucked. Why do you think, why do you think you, why do you think you didn't see it, see them that way? Do you think it's because of how they played it and it just being clearly funny, like, and them sort of owning the humor of it that it didn't annoy you? You know what I'm saying? Cause I could see how it certainly yeah. would. I mean, it had moments where I was like, all right. Listen, that's definitely part of it. Like, one, they definitely felt like they were in on the joke. Number two, like, they they dressed... Like, if I were to become a wrestler, I would probably, like, be in Crown Town. They dressed like that. You know, they were like... They, they felt like people you know, people you grew up with, like, people from the neighborhood. You're like, you can't help but support somebody from the neighborhood making it like that. So... Where was... Uh, yeah, I was in. Where was... uh? Shad actually from? Um, I believe they were from Brooklyn, both of them. Is that real? Shad was born in Brooklyn. And JTG was also born in Brooklyn. Wow. I never realized they legit were born in Brooklyn. Which he's also makes sense. Yeah, I mean, why would I believe? Last time I checked, Bad News Brown wasn't from Harlem. (laughs) I mean, that's sort of the closest tie, character-wise, right? You know, um, yeah. uh, Shad was Haitian and Curacaoan. His father says on Wikipedia was a former enforcer in gangs in the early seventies, and he worked for Frank Lucas. Wow. Man. He, uh, he seemed like a cool dude. And, and so that's what I meant, I was gonna mention earlier. Uh, yeah, I, I, I told, uh, Kofi, I was asking Kofi about what he was like. And Kofi was like, man, you didn't know him? And I was like, nah. And he was like, he basically was kind of like, how is that possible? You know, and I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know JTG either. I don't know if it's just as simple as they haven't been around much. Like, it's not like they've come back very often. When have they come back? Um, I don't think they have been after that. Were they not, were they not in the Raw reunion? I don't think so. They weren't at the recent Raw reunion. Were they not at anything? Like, that's so crazy to me. Oh, man. They haven't been around since like 2010. Um, so maybe that's as simple as it is, but like, I know like we were at, we were at Wale Mania together. Um, but I, I never got to build with him at all. And then when I see what he's like, um, and read sort of the things he's interested in and see some clips of him talking. Um, I'm just like even more bummed out than, like, than I would have been because I, it's so sad no matter what, but I, I'm selfishly bummed out because I'm like, man, he seems like such a cool, smart, interesting dude with like a lot of interesting philosophies on life. Um, yeah, I'd seen like Sonia Deville put up a really personal post, you know, and that's what I mean. People who you just wouldn't necessarily expect, like, yeah, Roman threw one up too about him and Shat. And I was just like, who did? I didn't realize they, Roman Reigns. Oh, Roman did. I didn't realize they crossed paths. Like you said, all these people who crossed paths with him that you don't realize. Yeah, I'd be curious to like, was it him showing up to like, did he show up to, the performance center, you know, like, the, like, Sonia posted a picture of, of her at dinner with like a whole bunch of pe- people, Mandy Rose, um, Shad, Shad's wife, 
Um, I, I don't know exactly where the connection comes from. Um, so just really, really sad stuff. Um, and I'm sure as time goes on, we'll, we'll tell more stories and we'll hear more stories, um, about how great a dude he was. But SGG, they were fun as a tag team too. You're right. I mean, I was offended by them in principle. Like, (laughs) it was one of the... Understandable. Right. It was one of those things that, like, you don't want to tell people who aren't watching wrestling. They tune in real quick. And they're like, really? There's a black tag team called Crime Time? You know what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) you, you see how it doesn't look good. But it was... Yeah, but it was with a Y, though. It wasn't crime with the I. It was with a Y. Exactly. So that, that's... A- Why are they doing the things that they do? What is the reason? <laughs> See, you got you got to look deep. But there was something about it that was done in a way that was pretty funny. And, and they were actually really good actors. And by the way, Shad was kind of the actor of the group. Yeah. Normally, you're not used to the big guy being sort of the real comedy and the big actor of the group. You normally would think, oh, he must be the muscle and and the and the smaller guy, he's gonna be like the the, the guy. But it, that's not it. And by the way, I don't know if you've seen recent pictures of JTG. Hard to call him the smaller guy of anything. <laughs> right. He's be, right. He's become absolutely giant. But Well he was standing next to Shad though. He had to stand next to Shad. But he's also gotten like t- legit twice as big. Legit. It's ridiculous. Um, so uh, it's also going to be, of course, really hard because not only is it this utter incredible tragedy, but they're going to have to, you know, go through a funeral right now, uh, which is not going to be easy, and he won't be able to be celebrated in in the way that he should be, uh, at least not in the traditional sense. So yeah. let's uh, let's get the depressing things. I guess we'll keep them together, and then we can move on. And and maybe talk a little bit about wrestling, and briefly talk about uh, we have a paper pay per view this week. And um, I know all of you think I'm a shill, and now that I'm back with WWE, I'm not going to talk about AEW. But I I, I try to uh, still do do it beyond just bearing Jericho's commentary. Um, and we talked about last week some of the great things they're doing. And man, listen, backlash isn't for a few weeks. So obviously, I'm gonna be tuned in this weekend to a wrestling pay per view. That's what I do. I'm not, I'm not just in wrestling because I love WWE. I love wrestling, so I'll be. Now, SGG, you are physically cheap, and you're you're also physically a shill. So, are you going to get the pay per view this weekend? Um, the physically cheap part is what is driving me probably not. Oh buying the pay-per-view but hoping to follow along very closely on you know with the with the people on social media who you know post clips and have things to say about what is must see from the card and then finding a way to to recap that way i wonder if they would do better having a subscription service and i don't mean like wwe network obviously they can't have that but where Let's say they're, if they do, how many pay-per-views look like they're doing a year? Four right now? Yeah, around that. So if they're doing four a year at 50, are they 50 a pop? 60. Like, if 60, 120, so you're, they're asking you to spend 240 a year. I wonder if they'd be better suited being like, you can go all in, no pun intended, for like 139 and get the whole year's pay-per-views. I wonder if they'd be better suited to it. You know, that could work. That could work. Um, anyways, we'll get back to that. But SGG, uh, d- did you watch Dark Side of the Ring or was it too much? I haven't watched really any of them. I caught a little bit of the Benoit one. Um, I didn't watch this one for the same reason, though, as all years that, like, you know, they, they have a story to tell. They're going to tell their story, you know, facts be damned. Um, I don't know how they, they gave Owen Hart's story. I don't know what treatment they gave that story. But, um, like I said, I just didn't trust those guys to tell the accurate story. Um, having Martha Hart actually be a part of this 
does give them some credibility, I'll admit. Um, but I didn't watch any of it. Um, I have mixed feelings on it. It was a hard watch. Um, it was amazing to see some of the footage of Owen that they showed that I had not seen before. Um, that was really cool. I mean, by having Martha in it, I guess she also was willing to give them footage. Um, and some of the, some of the home footage was really cool to see. Um, for people like us who love Owen Hart, I just had not gotten to see it. So that part was great. I really, really enjoyed that. Um, it, it, did it tell, did it give me any more information that I already knew? No. But like I am an Owen super stan. You know, I read Martha's book. Um, obviously I've read Brett's book. Um, I've watched every Owen thing there is. I've interviewed every wrestler about Owen Hart. I've sat around talking with Mark about Owen Hart many, many times. Um, so I am not necessarily the right person to tell you. I guess in some ways I'm good to tell you how accurate I thought it was, etc. But in another way, I'm not the best person to tell you how worth a watch it is because I've, I'm just so deep when it comes to Owen Hart stuff. Um, I sort of assume everyone's like that, but I'm sure that's not true. Um, so that being said, it was, uh, it was well done and it was, it was very thorough in terms of that night's events, um, and his life and getting to see a good, not deep into his life, but seeing some of what it's about. Um, obviously the Martha stuff and it became clear from the doc that their son, Oj, feels the same way. Um, Athena, the, his daughter, expressed a little bit of resentment towards wrestling. Oj, more directly though, specifically said himself he has no interest in his father being in the Hall of Fame. Um, so, you know, I, I find that to be a really tough conversation. You know, remember a couple years ago when Mark brought it up, um, at the Hall of Fame, it was it was a little uncomfortable. You know, Mark kind of. Mark kind of basically looked at the camera, looked at the camera, and kind of said, "Martha, please let Owen be celebrated here." Um, and I listen. I just can't get into the business, I guess, of publicly questioning a widow's decision of how she wants to handle the memory of her husband who died in that way. I, you know, I can't. Same. I can't get into it. I can also say there, it bums me out. It bums me out. It does. Um, I think that his wrestling side gets sort of, it's a shame that it's sort of like his family versus wrestling. That sucks. That just sucks. Um, yeah. Regardless of whose, whose fault it is, um, if there's such a thing as fault when you have things like this, but it's like the hearts, it's like the hearts and wrestling against his actual family. And that just sucks. And you know that would suck for Owen too. It would suck for him no matter what. Any anyone who's ever had family drama between their their family and then their family of origin knows that that sucks even when you're living that sucks. So for it to happen in death is a real an extra tragedy to me of this whole thing. But frankly, I can't I can't call, you know, why it is that way and I'm not going to get into a Bret Hart versus Martha Hart and who says what. Um, but yeah, it's not worth it. And honestly, neither one of them can speak for Owen. <laughs> right. We have no idea what he would want. That, that's the truth. The truth is you can say, hey, I, I'm going to choose to believe what his widow has to say. And I think that's totally fair if that's what you want to do. And then you could say, nah, I'm not going to. I don't know what anyone has to say about this. And I'm going to kind of leave it out there and I understand that too. Um because you're right. He either way his Martha is not him. Um and Brett is not him and the WWE is certainly not him. So um I'll just say one thing. Uh, the whole world went like not the whole world. Wrestling Twitter seemed to be going nuts anti Kevin Dunn because of this part. Do you see this? No. There's a part in the doc where, you know, um, Jim Ross tells the story of Kevin Dunn telling him, like, 
JR's like, I don't know what happened. What happened? And, and Kevin Dunn's like, he, he died. And you're back in 10, 9, and that's the way JR tells that story. Is that he found out, he found out the words, he's dead, and then immediately got, and you're back in, and that story instantly led to like the internet just like ripping Kevin Dunn as if all of a sudden that makes it his fault. Yeah. But like that. I feel like he's that's the, how the news directing. of JFK passing away was delivered too, though. What, like, say it again. I said, I feel like that's how the news of JFK dying was delivered too. Like, the president is dead and you're back in blah, 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 because now it's your responsibility to tell the public. No, am I? Is that me being insensitive? No, I think that's. I think that's. That's probably what happened. And in this case, if people want to be upset with Vince McMahon for the show going on, and we know that in WWE the show always goes on, and if that concept offends you, I think you have every right to feel that way. However, Kevin Dunn, who directs television, handling it that way, what is he supposed to do? That's what it was. That's that it once the show goes on, um the person directing that show is has to do what they have to do. So I just it's just always interesting to me what wrestling fans who are angry on the internet choose to sink their teeth into. So like when I, I, I hadn't finished yeah. the episode yet and I saw Kevin Dunn trending in wrestling <laughs> and so I went back to go see the part to be like, Oh, what's the thing that people are really angry about? And I saw that was it and I was like, What? Why is that what of all the things to take away from this, how is that what you took away? I just don't like really understand people. Um, listen, it's an absolutely awful, insane event, and the decision to do the show can be questioned forever. I understand it, but that moment specifically, I was just like, I mean, it's a, it's a very and by the way, what an amazing, what an amazing job that Jr. and King did. Yeah. I don't I don't often give uh the king credit for his uh for a lot to be honest. I I've, I've been pretty critical of uh uh Jerry Lawler. <laughs> Let's face it's very one step forward, two steps back with the king and the microphone. <laughs> Let's be honest. But I'll tell you what, he was great that night. He was great that night. Um in an impossible situation. He went into the he ran to the ring first of all ran to the ring to go uh, try to help. And then after seeing clearly that Owen was dead, you know, came back and somehow managed to work um, and, yeah. and be a part of delivering that news to people, which... And, 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 and JR, you know, I know he's a wrestling commentator. He's not Dan Rather. In that moment, he was Dan Rather. I mean, he, he really had to do the hardest thing you could do, and he did it with just complete and total professionalism and class um, yeah. in a really hard spot. Um, so anyways, and also, just real quick, I find it interesting that everyone's using Dark Side of the Ring as an opportunity to rip WWE for exploitation when that show is the biggest exploitation of dead wrestlers that could possibly exist. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying it's not entertaining. I'm not saying it's... it's I, I've watched them. But, I mean, come on, guys. Like, you, you're sitting there. Do you, you realize the messenger of this show is basically a current affair? I mean, for that's probably a dated reference for some people, but... Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> it is. But, I mean... It's it's straight up just tabloid journalism that's exploiting really horrible events in the most you know sort of blatant way possible, and everyone's on their high horse as they're watching Dark Side of the Ring. But whatever. But yeah, it is too. Like, because I remember when I was like sort of annoyed with the Screwjob episode. I'm like, I'm watching them say things that factually weren't accurate like what had me checked out was when i think it was bruce pritchard they had him come in and say oh yeah brett's contract is expiring that night he can't have the championship and it's like everybody knows that he had 
weeks left on his contract. So once you decide to say that it's expiring that night, you're you're pushing the narrative. And then people are like, oh, well, you know, they're working. It's a work. You got to give them leeway. And it's like, no, you don't. They're, they're, they're not in the business. And it's supposed to be a documentary from people not in the business. So for them, the responsibility, I think, is to tell tell the story and let the story dictate where they're going to go with it, not have a narrative and then bring facts to shape the narrative and bolster the narrative. So it's like, if that's what they're going to do, then I don't need to, you know what I mean? I don't need to pay any more attention to this because I could do that from here. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a very good point. Um, you're not working. It's supposed to be a doc. I mean, um, SUG, can you, do you have the card for this weekend, by the way, in front of you? AEW's double or nothing card. That's right. Why? Yes. Yes, I do. And I mean, listen, on paper, it's not a bad card. It's not a bad card. That's well. guess what? That's the thing about having pay-per-views every three months. Like you can, you can get to cards that really kind of matter. Um, okay. So what do you got? So on the pre-show, which I believe they call it at the buy-in, you got Private Party versus The Best Friends in a tag team match to determine the number one contender for the AEW World Tag Team Championships, which are they still held by? Who are the, who's the champion? Is it SCU? I believe so. Isn't it? Oh, no. No, it's not. No, is it still... No, it's it's not. still Kenny Omega and Adam Page. It's it's Kenny Omega and Adam Page, but Adam, no, I'm confused because Adam Page has been gone, and he's been tagging with Matt Hardy. So no, I am here. We go. I'm, this is embarrassing. The current the current champions are Kenny Omega and Adam Page. So they are holding the titles, even though he's been gone and Kenny Omega has been wrestling with Matt Hardy the last few weeks. Yeah, which I mean. You know, people like to say that WWE doesn't care about tag team wrestling, but I think that's an industry problem at this point. Where is Adam Page, by the way? No idea. Oh, they returned this week. I haven't finished the episode yet. Well, spoiler alert, they're back, I guess. Um, oh man, I, I just really ruined a great spot on the show this week. <laughs> Cause we're recording on Thursday. Normally I'll probably finish it tonight, so I haven't seen it yet. But so yes, Adam Page back this week. <laughs> so hilarious. Uh, moving right along, uh, because you brought it up, let's get this one out of the way. Matt Hardy and the Elite, uh, Adam Page, Kenny Omega, Matt Jackson, and Nick Jackson versus the Inner Circle. Uh, Jericho, Jack Swagger, Jake Hager, uh, Sammy Guevara, Santana, and Ortiz in a stadium stampede match. Gotta tell you, here for it. What is a stadium stampede match for those of us who we don't, don't we don't know, so we don't know, but I'm here for it. Well, listen, I'll tell you what. The last time a match was advertised, that no one had any idea what it was was the boneyard match and it was it was big heat so this could be the one let's be honest they have the advantage of not having any expectations because nobody knows what is supposed to happen i know that's my favorite kind of match these days well for the most yeah. part so this um be great um okay what else Dustin Rhodes versus Sean Spears. Yep. I feel like we can move right along on that one. Um, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, versus Chris Statlander. Uh, I feel like I should be rooting for for Stat. That's right. You are related. And so I will. And so I will. Yeah. <laughs> My cousin is on this I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, so team, I'm, I'm team Dr. Britt Baker all day. But I will tell you, the women's division is is the one area of AEW that I think still needs a lot of uh, a lot of work. Yeah, because they have the talent. I mean, you look at who they have. They got they got Britt Baker. They got Nyla Rose. They have a, a ton of talent from China and Japan. 
Um, I don't know why it's not it's not clicking. Yeah, there's just there's something about it about how it's done that's I, I don't know it's it's not it's not quite right. Um, but you know I you know I do love Doctor Britt, and she's a practicing dentist. All right, what else SJJ? <laughs> Nyla Rose versus Hikaru Shida. A no DQ, no count-out match for the AEW Women's Championship. All right. I like Nyla Rose. I'm interested. Interested. In I Jackson. like her, too. I like her, too, man. I wish I wish she was uh, up north. I wish she was uh, in Connecticut, you know, but she she's gonna be she's gonna be big. If if not, if you oh yeah, no, no, I, she, that, I definitely, I big. definitely think she has a bright future. If if you guys are not watching AW, she is someone definitely worth watching. Confirmed. Yeah, like she she can move. Like she she has. Uh, I guess you would call it an it factor. I can throw as many adjectives and superlatives as it as, as I want, but like it's not going to be enough to just be like watch her and see for yourself. Um, MJF versus Jungle Boy with Wardlow in his corner. Of course. Um, I enjoy everything MJF does. It always feels meaningful to me. And I enjoy uh, Jungle Jack. Jungle Jack Perry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yo, are people still giving JR grief for saying saying his name? No, I, I haven't listened to JR's podcast in a while, so I haven't got to hear, hear him cut a promo on everyone who talks about that. But I'm, I'm so I'm not sure. But I, I hope <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> uh, Darby Allen versus Colt Cabana versus Orange Cassidy mm. versus Ray Phoenix mm. versus Scorpio Sky mm-hmm. versus Kip Sabian. Mm-hmm. Versus Frankie Kazarian mm-hmm. versus Luchasaurus. Wow. Versus TBA, the always deadly TBA, in a casino ladder match for a future AEW World Championship match, which, I mean, as far as I can tell, is a Money in the Bank ladder well, match. Uh, it seems like Money in the Bank of Jace. I don't know what a casino match is. Sounds like money. But, um, yeah, that's there. Can you imagine some of the spots of this match? Yeah, it's gonna be wild. Excuse me, Dar- just like Darby, Darby Allen. Yeah, Darby in this match. <laughs> yeah. Something crazy is happening with Darby in this match. It's gonna be super lit. I'm here for it. Already scared of what Darby Allen is gonna do to himself. Yeah, no, I'm uh, a, I'm a little bit scared of it, but I'm also here for it. <laughs> John Moxley. Versus Brody Lee. That's for the that's for the AEW championship, no? That is for the AEW championship. What do you think John Moxley's chances are with the Exalted One? I assume they're not making any moves right now with with uh, with Brody Lee. I I assume it turns into some sort of beatdown schmoz. Um, with his, with his followers or something. And, and we, but like, I'll tell you what. And I admit, I'm, I watched the show in a broken sort of way. Like, I watched a half hour last night. I'll watch some later. Like, I just kind of like watch it in pieces. But, oh, I thought you meant you only watch Matt Hardy. But, go. <laughs> exactly. Um, but that said, I don't know. I feel like Moxley does, he's the champion. He does not feel like the biggest part of the show. Well, it's funny you say that because, you know, they're bringing in Mike Tyson for the next match, which, you know, it feels more like the main event than the Moxley match. is Cody Rhodes with Arn Anderson and Brandy Rhodes versus Lance Archer with Jake the Snake in his corner in the tournament final for the AEW TNT Championship. And then Mike Tyson will will be part of the 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 presentation, right? Yes. So, like, think about how much more they're em- emphasizing that match for the TNT title than they are Moxie's heavyweight championship. It, it's also sort of a funny cop out. I mean, let's be honest; we would talk trash if it was WWE. 
Cody can't ever compete for the title again. So now there's a new title that's a bigger deal than the other title. <laughs> right. Well, you know, WWE did that, and we talked trash. Remember, um, you know, Brock was the undisputed champion. He said, "I'm not going back to Raw," and so they brought in the World Championship and sort of minimized the WWE Championship while Triple H was handed a championship on Raw. Well, listen, I'm excited. We're not going to do picks this week. I didn't feel like doing picks. I just wanted to go over the card so we could prep for it and next week do a good big recap. Um, SGG, I got to wrap here because it looks like my computer is going to die, and I'd be very upset if we lost this whole podcast. Oh, no. That would be upsetting. So next week we'll dig back into the mailbag, mailbag rosenbergbeats at gmail.com. Um, SGG, take it easy and uh, and try this weekend to enjoy yourself. You do the same, P. And, uh, Always a pleasure talking to you. You too, my friend. And uh, and rest in peace, Shad Gaspard. It's professional wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event of the evening. At this time, I would like to introduce in the corner to my left. The major thing. Like stand in front of the mirror a little bit and got myself together. Also, ladies and gentlemen, at this time, I would like to introduce. Shout out to that guy, Greg. Bret Hart is the greatest professional wrestler in the history of the art form. Mutt, 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 Mitch.